You're listening to the BU Hockey Show on WTBU Sports. Welcome to episode 30 of the BU Hockey 30. Show. 30! The Abel episode. Yeah. The Jake Ottinger again episode. There you go, the Jake. The Connor Lacuvi episode. Yes. And way back, way back. Do you Jim believe Craig, in miracles? The Jim Craig episode for obvious reasons. You forget he went to BU. Do you? Well, I don't know. Like, you I don't have know. his jersey from BU. Okay, fine. I don't know his accomplishments at BU. You know? It's one of those. I believe national titles. Oh, a, he was the goalie I, for 78. I, I believe a national t- No, no, no. I don't think he was there yet. Yes. Was he? Yeah, He. that's why DeRocher was not the goalie for 78. Well, him and DeRocher like, literally had a 50-50 timeshare in yeah. 78, but maybe he played goal in the national championship game. I believe that's true. Now, I have to double-check that. Okay, anyways. But yes. Very cool. On, on the women's side, we're going to get more into the Connor Lukuvi conversation in a second. Oh. Um, he obviously, Connor Lukuvi being the biggest figure of note in BU hockey this of week. Of course. Um, <laughs> and we'll on the women's side, one, Kareen Schroeder. Yeah. Just Spain, no less. With, right no, there. no, it's no, not. No, fond it's memories. Fond memories. Proud. It's, yes. like, it's conference pride, but no, it's alumni pride. Yes. Mia Becker and Alyssa Fromkin. Mm-hmm. So Mia Becker, who is she, you may ask? Who she, is she? Uh, she played at BU from 2013-14 to 14-15, only two years. Appeared in two games as a sophomore, 520 goals against average, 857 save percentage, and then transferred to the University of Tennessee, which is D3, um, in three games as a junior, 1050 goals against 788 save percentage. Whoa. Um, and then eight games as a senior, 876 goals against 826 save percentage. Okay. I should not have read the stats just to set the games. <laughs> um, right. I feel bad now. Oh. Anyways, Alyssa Frompkin from 2009 to 2013, four years at BU. She appeared in a total of 28 games. Um, her best season was a, as a junior, two games, 252 goals against 909 save percentage. Yeah. Sophomore, the most games she played, 224 goals against 900 save percentage. Um, and then the other two years were both freshman, senior year, were both 260 goals against. Freshman in 883 save percentage, soft, or senior 878. Played one season pro with the Boston Blades of the former CWHL, which Whoa. has since folded um, several years ago. Eight games, 343, 343 goals against, 892 save percentage, 2-4-0 and 0 record. There you go. Professional hockey. Connor Lacuvi, though, interesting story here. Like, Please. Obviously, we know Ash Nabel came in a couple years ago midseason, kind of a beanpot hero in the semis, even though he like it was a 5-4 game. Goalie can't really be a hero. Um, but yeah. you know, Jake Ottinger has taken over the crease in Dallas. He's the starter future. Um, Jim Craig obviously speaks for himself. Olympic gold medals, hardware at BU as Brady continues to find. I'm, what, so, I'm trying what, so hard. What hardware he actually has at BU. Well, we got something here where it says him and DeRocher both played 16 games each. Well, yeah. Which seems too perfect. No, no. But there's no uh, stats to it. No, because we looked it up. They both had a perfect 50-50 split. Unless I guess that's all we've gone off. That's all I time. can. That's all but I can anyways, gather here. Anyways, Connor Lacuvi. They went thirty and two that season. Yep. Anyways, three years at BU, transferred to Minnesota State for his senior year. At BU, he appeared in thirty-two games. The most was nineteen as a sophomore. Two ninety-two goals against eight ninety-seven save percentage. Eight four and four. Um, decent as a senior and as a freshman in the limited capacities with like nine thirteen, then nine twenty-one. 258 and 270, a total record of 6, 5, and 1. But as a senior at Minnesota State, uh-huh. 180 goals against, 
914 save percentage, three shutouts, 23, 6, and 1 in 31 oh, games. Man. That got him a pro contract with the Maine Mariners of the ECHL. He played 30 games there, or 20 games there, and also was on loan with the Laval Rocket and Utica Comets in the AHL, 17 AHL games. Decent numbers, probably averages out to around nine 900 save percentage, um, 260 goals against, uh, 7 Six and two in the AHL. Then back to the main Mariners. Thirty-six game, nine fifteen, two seventy-five, twenty thirteen and three in the ECHL. Whoa. Then twenty twenty-one, he played with eleven games with the Tucson Roadrunners with her boy Cam Crotty. With Cam Crotty. And nine games in Slovakia before the AHL got back going. Were his numbers good in Tucson? Eight ninety-six, two ninety-eight, three seven and one. Yeah. I don't know if Tucson's very good. Wasn't though. Cam's fault. Um, That's all no. we know. Um, but in Slovakia, 926, 208 in nine games. Go. Now, this year, he's been, I don't know what the ICHL is. I think it's also Slovakia. He played 14 games there. But since he's been yes. in the Finnish league, the top Finnish league, Liga, with Kalpa, um, hasn't had the greatest year. He's had sub 900 save percentage in both. Um, compi- total record between 28 games between the two leagues is 12, 8, and 3. So, wow. So he's rivaling that guy a couple of weeks ago as love for the game. Yeah, but it's also like it's not like you're playing in the freaking British league. Like <laughs> the fin- Finnish leagues, okay. Still, like as far as the European league goes, still pretty good. I mean, Patrick Harper found himself over there this year. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, I guess Casper Kockensal is making himself a nice little career there. Yeah, should he choose to stay there and not Fair come back enough. to North America when he, I think, officially becomes a free agent this summer. Um, Alrighty. Well, there you go. Yeah, five minutes around the history of number thirty at BU. I thought it was More than interesting. Five Maybe six minutes. Like these little guys who you know, Carl Kuvi was a backup at BU. Aside from when he had to yeah. moonlight as a one B his sophomore year. Um, so interesting, yeah. interesting wrinkle. He's having it like just a journeyman career. Sure is moving around. The other guy was Dylan Lawrence, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, they were on the same team there for a little bit. Yep. All right. I wonder if their paths have crossed since. Chances are they have. All right, we're burying the lead here. We're burying the lead so deep. Boy. The lead is in the so, hobby. So last week, we had talked about how... Yeah, what are we going to do? We weren't sure what we were going to talk about. Would we even have an episode this week? Because we already talked about the Frozen Four. Yeah, the hockey gods blessed us with some big news and big <laughs> Boy, content. Boy, we have news. I don't feel um, blessed. So aside from, obviously, the Frozen Four this weekend, um, yep. yeah, where you have Minnesota State and Minnesota and Denver and Michigan taking on each other, some news. First, mm-hmm. on Tuesday. Congratulations, Marcus Boguslavski, the newest student at Canisius. That's big news. That's really exciting. Yeah, and Tiamonti transferring to UConn. Those, those, those are, are huge. That's the leading two story Two transfer of the week. portals. And then on Wednesday, the bomb drops. The bomb drop. It was, I was not expecting it at all. I, I don't know if I can't say that. We'll, we'll get right, we'll cut right to the chase. Albie O'Connell will not return as head coach of the Terriers. Not fired. Nowhere not, does it say not fired. let go, not resigned, just will not return. Right. That's a very much a mutually agreed to part ways type of phrasing. What does will not return sound like? Doesn't have a deal anymore. That's my understanding. That's my belief. So if he doesn't I have a deal, you can't fire a guy who doesn't can't have a contract. You can't fire a guy who's not in a contract, but you can choose not to give him a contract. At least that's what I'm choosing to believe Or you can also here. choose to decline a contract that's potentially offered. Either way, he's not here and anymore. And you can choose to not budge on the contract you already offered. Bingo. That's all hypothetical, of course. Yeah. So, he gone. What were you going to say? You had something there, and then I kind of cut you off. And 
Uh, well, I was going to say, I don't, know if, I don't know if it wasn't totally yes, that's unexpected. What you're say. Like, I, I thought it was a conversation that needed to be had. Seems like it um, certainly was seems had. Seems like it obviously <laughs> was had and there was a result from it. I'll say. Um, you know, the poor start to the year, the poor finish to the year after you had so much hope in the middle. Um, even the not even the middle, like the the like we'll split the middle up in the third two quarter. Parts, the third, yeah, the third quarter. Yeah. Um. And you know, I don't know if you could have commit another college contracts are usually five years, right? I don't know, wow. three or five years. I don't know if you could commit another three or five years of hoping it takes to to the situation. Yes, no. I mean. It, so I I understand where they're coming from. I wouldn't say it was co- totally unexpected, but I wouldn't say it was also completely expected. I could I could have seen it going both ways. Well, certainly, and that's what people were saying all season. That's what made it kind of a topic. And you know, I think everybody had their own beliefs. Should, like, should they keep him? Should should he go? Should you know? There was that kind of conversation now for years at this point, and some people got their way, some people didn't. I don't know how you can feel good about where they are now no you know like maybe well, it's the right move i mean he was 58 49 and 16 and maybe it wasn't totally one his fault. one be one trophy got smoked in one national tournament one national game tournament out of three three chances at the bean pot three chances at the national tournament not four because they lost both of them due to covid at one point the bean pot and a national tournament but regardless yeah they were kind of underachieving to say the least in his time here whether that's his fault or not so it makes you think something needs to change, and unfortunately, that usually ends up being the head coach. Well, yeah, Only you can't trade players in college. Now you got to figure out your plan post-Alby, which we definitely need to talk about here, but still talking about well, him. Well, 15 days until there's a new coach. Which is insane. Yeah, coaches' convention starts April 4th, uh, April 20th. There will be a new coach that's, in place yeah, by then. That's what they've said. April 20th is their deadline to have that person in place. So we'll find out. Um but the, my main feeling when I saw the news, other than kind of shock, because I was not expecting to see that at I mean, at 9 a.m. when that, I came across yeah, it on a at Wednesday. At that point, in the, like, at that point, after the dust had settled in the season, I would have thought it would have happened by then. Really? Yeah, maybe. Um, well, that's so what makes was, you feel like it was a discussion. Yeah. Right? Well, the, the phrasing in the statement was our end-of-season evaluation. So that's yeah. obviously a dis- a, the discussion. That doesn't seem like uh, him saying, I'm gone. Or them saying, you're out. It seems like there was some kind of, let's see if we can work something out. What's What makes sense here? Where should we go? And this is what they decided, which does make it feel a little bit mutual. That's kind of what I want to believe, too. That it was kind of best for both parties, I guess. Yeah. Because I do think, like, he obviously is a very good hockey mind and a great recruiter. A great talent evaluator. Among the the best talent of any team, which has made it so disappointing, kind of, the, the way that it's gone here the last few years. But clearly, he has a place in the world of hockey. Right, he's not gonna have to go live under a rock at this point. I think he'll land on his feet somewhere, probably something in talent evaluation where he can take a step back out of the spotlight a little bit, but still a chance for him to be around the game and certainly making a difference, which I think he he can clearly do. Yeah, but yeah, just uh, I guess this wasn't the spot, and uh, it's a shame to kind of end unceremoniously because it, it is the whole oh he was a four year player and a captain won the bean pot as a player and. He came back, and like this was where he had his first head coaching job, and he really wanted it to work out for him, and it just didn't quite. So my, my primary like feeling was just kind of like sadness. It is kind of sad. Yeah. I mean, 
So I, I've said this probably a couple times to you already. Like the way I look at it is personally, like it obviously like it sucks because he's a nice guy and stuff. Right. Great, great, great guy. So obviously That's as, what everybody a, as, says as a human too. being, you you hate to see that. Nice that everybody has said that about um as a beat writer, it was frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Just never a good quote unless he was fuming like he was in Maine. Um and even just watching the team, like I kind of look back on what I said in the first half where, you know, it and it kind of I I I hate we've I said this so many times. The last three weeks of the season really was a return to form in the first half with the BC loss, the main loss, and the UConn loss. Like what I said in the first half, even when they were being pummeled by injuries, they got off to horrible starts. In and that's games just or in overall. In games. Yeah. And that's just that's just not being ready to play. And who's supposed to have them ready to play? Kind of themselves. But I know what you mean. Like, God, yeah. The coach does come under blame for that kind of thing. Naturally. Yeah, for, I mean, for just complete, like, wet farts against, like, BC, it was 3-1, but still, how close was it? Like, yeah. 8-1 or 5 whatever, whatever it was against Maine. 8 nothing, 8-1. Who knows? Who it was, I think, a, it was either a touchdown or a touchdown with the extra point. Who, who cares? Um, and then, I mean, it was this was close by score at UConn. It was kind of like that BC one where, like, it just never felt like it was gonna click. Even though, like, yeah. against BC, you had it up early, but as soon as they tied it, oh boy, here we go. Yeah, I do think um, that's what it is, though. Like. I don't think it's for a lack of trying. We said this after the UConn game. It's not like they go out there and, oh, no. they, they didn't care. They didn't no. want to be there. Like, no, that's just a silly thing to no, say. No, but it's... it's but you, you, it, something's not sticking there. Yeah, what if the you're, message not, if is you're not, not ready working. coming off the bus, you know? Well, as in, like, they look like they're not ready. Of course, they're probably ready. They're ready to play a playoff game. Yes. It, that's you, a cheap thing to say, I feel no, like. No, But I know what you mean. The sen- Something... Yes. So- somewhere... What they were trying to do didn't happen, right? And, and that comes usually back to the coach. Um, could come back to team leadership as well. Not like yeah, you fire those I mean, guys. They graduated. But yeah, yeah, so like he's not the, completely at fault here, but there were faults. Yes, and he's the easy like, like easy thing to change. Easy yeah, variable. And I don't know. It's kind tough. of easy comparatively. Like, so here's a statement from Maricello. Yeah, Maricello. Um. Quote, this was obviously a difficult decision as Albie worked hard towards putting our team in a position position to contend for championships. We recognize that he was part of several successful teams during his time as a student athlete and coach here and wish him, him and his family nothing but the best. We have very high expectations for our men's ice hockey program, and we are determined to have our team compete at the highest level of college hockey. After the conclusion of our regular year-end assessment, we believe that a new direction is needed for our program to, to achieve our goals. It's a high bar. High bar. Of course. How can it not be a high bar? Sure. Other places, a record 10 games above 500 and a trophy in a national tournament is awesome. Not here. Especially when you're succeeding a guy that made it to the national tournament every year as a coach. In Who's Quinn? Su- yeah. Yeah. Who succeeded as one of, like, arguably yeah. the greatest coach in college hockey history. I mean, that's the tricky thing. It's such big shoes to fill, which is why the next guy, it's almost even more pressure on him. Um, don't want to get too future future focused on it just yet. But, yeah, it's a really hard job. And to your point about the media thing and how he never really seemed settled in and never gave a great Except quote. Except this year. 
Well, he, he, he settled in a little year. bit this year. Like but the comfort level was still there, but the quote, like, just still not a very good quote. I mean, we're in a unique spot in that our four years here and the you know student beat and all that were Albie's four years here. So we saw him like our first student experiences in the press like room were with him and his first experience in the press room, and you know we kind of yeah, had that like he did it as a player. I guess he did it a, as a player a little different in twenty years ago. Yes, but also, you know, the bright lights on you as the coach. You got to say the right thing, got to do the right thing all the time in a market like Boston, a team like Boston University. And I think you could see it in some of the availability that I think he was very conscious of that. And I don't know if he was totally comfortable with that media faced role. Like, I think Quinn, he seems like more of the, you know, he kind of embraces it and, and he likes the attention in some ways. I think Parker. Yeah, char- charismatic Parker, with the media. Parker was able to do that too, and he had the reputation, so. Everybody kind of bow down to Jack Parker at the end of it's the It's kind of like Jerry Jerry York isn't a very good quote, but, you know, he's the type of guy when yeah. he speaks, you listen. Exactly. That was probably the case with Parker. I think Albie, you know, it wasn't as a natural a fit in the, you know, in, in the spotlight, and maybe that's kind of part of it. Yeah. I don't know. I think maybe he was more comfortable and a little bit more the behind-the-scenes thing, and maybe he's going to get another chance to do that. Maybe he wants to be a head coach again somewhere else. I know he has young family. Probably wants to make as much money as possible. So we'll find out. But yeah, yeah, we do it's have sad. Some, we do have some a message from my coffee. Like right now? No. Oh, but I've I've been saving it for the show. Okay, fire away. I really liked Drew's comment. Quote: We have high expectations of the men's ice hockey program, and we already read this. Um, Brady is correct about the game has changed, and there's more parity. But the program can, in my mind, go to a higher level. Great facility in Boston with a tremendous tradition. All the selling points are there, and we get the recruits, but the coaching is not up to par. We need a coach who can push the players and get the most out of them. The truth is the program has been passed by by Northeastern and UMass and Hockey East. Now the big question of who can who can get them there. I know who I want, but he is not available. Mike Sullivan, but maybe someday. Could be a great mm-hmm. way to finish his coaching career. I like Pandolfo, but is he ready with no head coaching experience? Will they stay in the BU family? Joe Sacco would be my choice right now if they do. Head coaching experience in the NHL and assistant, obviously, with the Bs. Sean McEachern and Tony Monty might get a look, though not my picks. Uh, Tony Monty doesn't have his degree, sidebar, which is big. That's I don't criteria. Think, yeah. I don't, which is big, not just BU, but other places. Yeah. I don't know if McEachern has a degree either. I gotcha. Um, even then, McEachern only has, I think, prep school slash junior experience, like a Monty as well. So do you really launch him? into head coaching role immediately. Anyways, to finish um, Mike's point, Quinn is still an NHL flight risk, so they can't bring him back, and he can't wait for our next podcast and our thoughts, which we're doing right now. Hey, thanks, Mike. Yeah, those were stinging uh, stinging sentiments there with the Northeastern so, and the UMass thing. I mean, so I completely agree where it, it goes to my point, my cliche of, like, ready to play, which might not be the right phrase, but I... Like what you said, my sentiment, like just not getting the most out of the talent that was here. Sean McEachern graduated the Metropolitan College in 92. Okay, Sean McEachern has his degree, but he's only been a prep school coach. Yeah. Not getting the most out of what they had. I think that's the sticking point. It always was. You know? They did. That that is kind of what we always said. They got got the most out of it for two months this year. Yeah. And maybe a week or sophomore. That's what made you believe just a little bit. And then they kind of were who we thought they were at that kind of at exactly. the end of it. When it, they are who we thought they when were when it came down to it. So, yes, I, I agree with Mike in that. Yeah, the the tradition and the 
the the prestige of the program deserves better. I think the thing about oh, let's reach even higher heights, man, that's going to be hard to do compared to winning three national championships in a decade in the seventies when it was a whole lot smaller field. Like, yeah, I, like I don't that, know. That's obviously. I want to I mean, believe. I mean, I'm pretty sure Denver did it in the 2010s, but I could be wrong. Did they really? Like 100% positive. Like 99.9% positive. Anyway, just did it. Okay. Anyways. I, I would love to see it happen. Um, No, like it's it's obviously tough, especially these days when, you know, aside from, I mean, no disrespect to AIC, like 15 of the 16 teams in the tournament, you could probably make a case for making the Frozen Four. Um, Again, no disrespect to AIC. Um. But, I mean, there were some interesting names Mike brought up. I think Jay Pandolfo is obviously the easy candidate in-house. He brought him in as associate head coach last summer. Obviously obviously raised a lot of eyebrows when you did that. Um, Joe Sacco is a name I like, although he's he's with the Bruins right now. You'd have to yeah. wait. You need a coach soon. Yeah. Um, hey, can I um, throw this in here? Sure. Minnesota Duluth won it in 11, 18, and 19. So it has been done recently. I got to see. But what, are what you about, up What there? about Denver? Denver did it in 05, 04, and uh, 17. Only so, 17? Yeah. BC did oh, it in Oh, maybe 10 they lost eight. to Duluth. Maybe that's why I said I feel like Denver wins it every year. Maybe they just lost to Duluth every B- year. Yeah, BC <laughs> did it in 01, uh, 08, and 09, uh, or and, and 10. You wanted to know that, obviously. So, it's not, I guess it's it, not there are impossible. dynasties. There are still dynasties. I would love to see BU get back on that pedestal. Yeah, but are these the guys to do it? Continue on. The, so we mentioned the Pandolfo, um, Sacco, Mike Sullivan would be really good, but I don't That'd think he's going to ever leave the Penguins uh, by choice. Um, well, that's the thing too about those guys with the NHL level, like even a Dave Quinn. He's he's available. Prob maybe I don't well, know. Yeah, so the. But they're they're always capable of that next step up to a higher level with a bigger contract and a bigger opportunity. Yeah, I mean, like, so S- Sacco has obviously had coaching experience in the NHL, been an assistant for a while now. Um, and, you know, he mentioned Quinn. You mentioned Quinn. I think you'd be silly to not at least call Dave Quinn. Well, sure, even if and you feel even like... Even if you have to deal with being a flight risk, like, you'd be silly. get it back on the right track kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's not like it's a free fall here. No, but, but like with a guy of that caliber yeah. who took your program to the sure. heights that he did for a short period of time, yeah, a guy you know can do it, has done it. Yes, um, sure. Worth a call. And a name that wasn't mentioned here. Well, what? the other two you said, Amonti McEckern. I, I don't think so. No, I mean it's it's like a fun I mean, pipe dream. I mean, so so Amonti maybe as an assistant, maybe he's the That'd guy they cool. bring in to fill as the assistant. Yep. But I could definitely the, see that. He, but and he could. I don't know if Pandolfo finished his degree this year. He didn't have his degree when he left BU, and he, he finished it at some point along he the way. He was a captain. He didn't have a degree. That's what I. When talking to, I really? believe Scott McLaughlin, really? when we were just chit chatting at the Bruins. He did not have his degree. Oh, class of 96. Yeah, he did. Oh, he did. Okay. Yeah. Well. Maybe he did another one. Yeah, anyways. CAS 96. Um. Anyways. Yeah. There's a name we're not talking about. Uh, I know. It hasn't been mentioned. That's why I'm stalling before we get to that name, because I want to talk about that okay. name a lot. Um, The McKicker and Amante thing reminds you of, sorry, reminds you of the 
like criteria that there is, just talking about the degree thing there. Yeah. That to be BU head coach, let's see, the last three guys, and obviously one of them coached for flipping 40 years. Jack former, Parker, former Dave captains. Quinn, Albie O'Connell. Former captain. All have their degrees. Have their degree. But the degree thing isn't former, just a BU thing. Former assistant coach on the BU staff. Yeah. So Pandolfo checks those boxes. He does. Who else does? Pandolfo has been a BU assistant coach for one year, so I guess he gets that check mark. Yeah. Well, so who else has been well, a BU assistant he's, coach? That's why Pandolfo is really easy to look at. And I agree with Mike. I don't know if he's ready after just one year. And from what we hear, might not be as fond of the media as Albie is. I mean, how many times did you see him go out of his way to do media availability? I guess he doesn't have to in his job. That's no, not he, part of his job. You only ever saw him on the intermission report at Aganis. Um, right. But it, he does feel like the natural fit here based no, on that criteria. It, I don't even know if it's natural. Easy. Yes. But I hope it's not the easy choice. Like, I hope they don't... It's not just by default. Give it to him. Like, no, he should have to go through the rounds of whatever, yes. like like everyone else, whoever but, else is in this candidate. And I think you should also still at least do your due diligence outside of BU. I get it. You should. I, I don't I, know they do. I get it's big with alumni donors. and donors yeah. and such, and obviously money talks, college sports, yep. um, all sports really. Probably involved um, in this. Yeah. But you, you got to at least... Like, do your due diligence. I would hope so. I would hope it's not just handed to Pandolfo. I hope there's a conversation and an interview process and a, all that. However, the, also the date being April 20th makes you think like, days. oh, by the way, Jay, you're head coach now. Like, okay, we're going to say that on the 19th. <laughs> you know, I hope it's not that simple. Um, but the last thing with Pandolfo, too, is a point for him is the continuity of having a guy that was just on the staff with it you like to continue. Yep. Not like that. You're trying to continue some great momentum they had. Maybe a, a little bit, not really. But also just the consistency of the room and, and making sure that you keep the guys that you have and you keep the guys that are coming in. And so far, that's been the case. Like, you haven't seen people, you know, just a mass exodus get out of there because Albie's gone, I'm gone. Right? Only r- reportedly by one source, Quinn Hudson. Yeah. We'll see about that one. But. So, that was a bit... That was also a worry of mine like um people saying oh like transfer portal for the juniors it's like uh, i i think by now we would see other guys in the you portal would, unless they're waiting for that decision on the coach and then they do it might i be mean too that'd late. be really late it'd be really late it'd be really late um maybe they know it's pandolfo and they're staying yeah i mean i mean I, like, like yeah the the big so i'm not as worried about like current players entering the portal. I think Amati and Bogoslavsky are honestly going to be it. Yeah. Again, I could be could just end up being wrong in a week by the next show we record. Hope not. Um, I am worried about the decommits, though, because Albie, obviously a great recruiter. You commit to a school, you expect to play under that coach. Yeah. Um, uh, obviously, Nathan Strauss at UMass reported that Quinn Hudson has decommitted. He's the only one that has reported that. Yeah, one source story, I don't buy um, it. Which, I mean, I'm not trying to disrespect Nathan, but would have thought someone else would step in. Like, if I'm still very much wait and see, yeah, until and that's just me being still just holding out hope because Quinn Hudson's obviously a very good prospect. Yeah, um, just holding out hope that you know real, that report doesn't really go anywhere. Exactly. Um, selfishly. Um, although that'd be a great scoop by Nate. 
Um, he's got some great scoops recently. If they're yeah. right, I mean, he's kind of running with it. Anyways, Pandolfo could bring that consistency to those guys to keep them here, to keep the recruits in. Because you do have to think, like, for the team culture aspect, like, it's not just like in a professional sport where you can switch managers, switch GMs, clean house, bring in all new guys, all new contracts, and reset the whole thing. Like a full rebuild. You yep. can't really do that in college sports. You can't. Because it's a, you know, class comes in, they're freshmen, then they're sophomores, then they're juniors, then they're seniors. And the whole cycle just keeps continuing over and over. Every class impacts every other class within three years of them. Like your culture is what it's going to be. You don't, you don't really get a chance to have a full reset, especially at BU. So maybe that's a point for Pandolfo. Maybe a little bit of consistency to the staff. He can bring in a little bit more of maybe what he would have wanted to do if he had total control. Maybe he was you know, part of what was behind that run, and he knows kind of the blueprint now, even though he's only been around for a year. I don't know. But you had a guy. I have a guy I that kind of hitched guy. my wagon to, to him. I wanted a um, guy I could hitch my wagon to as much as you can hitch your wagon to this guy. I'm, I couldn't I, find Obviously, one. I know Pandolfo's the easy choice, and I'm sure like I'm sure like it would be fine. Give me a percentage of it's going to be Pandolfo. 60%. 60? Yeah. I'm 95. 95. Oh, my God. I'm, like, just... I'm trying to be reasonable. Hope it's not I that guess, simple. I guess 60 is unreasonable. I'd be but, okay with it. Like, no, it'd be obviously fine, but it's it feels just too easy. And, you know, obviously there's the, the back of your head one year as an associate head coach and yeah. all that. Um, but a name not many people are talking about. I like this guy. Who just seems like perfect opportunity. Joe Pereira... Associate head coach at UConn, BU class of 2011. He was a sophomore when they won in 09. Grinder, yep. bottom six. He's got career 27 goals and 61 points in well over 130 games. Yeah. All four-year player, cup of tea in the AHL. ECHL for a couple of years. He was a head coach at Sacred Heart for one year. And for the last nine years, he's been a coach at UConn, five of them as assistant, the last four as associate head coach. Yeah. Seems like a guy who's going to want a head coaching opportunity soon. Yep. Maybe he's waiting for UConn when Mike Cavanaugh potentially yeah. takes the BC job just, when Jerry just, York Just takes down. any upgrade. Yeah. I have a question on Mike Cavanaugh later, but we'll, I think we'll he's just waiting for Jerry York. He's waiting for anything. But Joe, Joe's looking for an upgrade. Joe Pereira, maybe unless he, it. unless he, you know, he's confident that he will get the UConn job at some point because he's a Connecticut maybe. native. Oh, okay. Um, Sacred Heart, yeah. But he's thirty-five, and so That's I mean, I, I don't want to like just write the write the end of the book here, but I mean, if things go well, yeah, gonna have this guy for a while. That's the prime. That's not even early. That's not even like the main reason. I just think you know UConn's rather quick ascension the last few years, yeah. and when it kind of coincided when he became an associate head coach, um, step when he got promoted from assistant to associate. Mm. Um, Brains behind the operation, Joe. Could be, could be. I'm UConn intrigued. Obviously, getting attracting better recruits, doing a good job of poaching recruits too. Chase Bradley, who was a BUG commit. Um, who else? Um, Artem Schlein. Um I mean, great international recruiting. Yeah. Clearly. 
which BU hasn't had a ton of outside of Wilmer Skoog. Right. And I guess technically, yeah, the Canadian guys. Cock and Solo back a little bit now, obviously. But yeah, so I wouldn't mind a Yakim Kondalik Jr. <laughs> Yakim 2.0. Yakim. Um, it's an interesting idea. I don't know what, how I feel I don't know how about realistic it is, though. Turning it over to a guy who's only 35. Exactly. Because Albie's late 40s? Uh, he's definitely 40s. Quinn was late 40s, early 50s. He's 55 now, Quinn is. I don't, I don't know what Albie is. Um, Albie's 45. 45. So this is on the younger end. Obviously, Jack Parker was on the younger end when he started, but that was a bit of a different time. So it would, be a, it would be a bold move. It would be it, bold. It would be polarizing. The time might not be right. Right. I mean... Not the hero you want, but the hero you need. <laughs> Maybe. The hero you deserve. If you really wanted to, as the Maricello quote says, take the program in a different direction... That's a different direction. That, that would be as different a direction as you can get. And so, he's like, still, just, Was he a captain? Yes, he was. He was a captain. He checks the boxes. He checks the boxes. He ha- except he hasn't been on the BU staff. No. What if... Pandolfo head coach, this Pereira fella, associate head coach. Okay, then it's just how long does Jay Pandolfo intend on coaching? Yeah. I would or be intrigued with that intend? combo. I don't how know. How long do they intend to have Jay like, Pandolfo? Obviously, coaching? it's usually bringing in a guy you're familiar with, um, someone that you you know and uh, have I mean, coached with before. I don't think Pereira and Pandolfo necessarily have a relationship. I mean, I'd be surprised. So, I mean, UConn kind of had has had their way with B the last, like, three seasons. Yeah. What's the secret sauce, Joe? <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Was what was BU one and two against UConn this year? I no, think they were two and two. Two and two. Were they? Yeah, we won both at, oh, at XL. Yes, yes, yes. They won here, and the then we lost. Were that rather not great, yep. and I think they were one and two against them sophomore year. They didn't play them. To they go. always lose at UConn, except this year. Crazy things happen there. Yeah, it's it. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna That's go a through. rising star there, Joe Pereira. And uh, fond memories of him from 2009. You just you know reading Scott Wiegart's book, and uh, you know kind of fond recollections of him included in that book. So, so you only had the one overtime win against UConn last year when you had one goalie and you iced them the day before. Um, <laughs> That's right. That, yeah, that was in stores. Max Kaufman, how are Mark you? Mark Friedis ice form. Sure. And then you sophomore year, you went oh and two. Against right. UConn. Yep. They got your number. So let's take something from them. It's like... Uh, our freshman year. This would also like coincide with Joe Pereira's associate head coaching gig. Uh, one and one. Yeah. You're under... Or three and... Uh, two and one. So you're 500. Or one less than 500. Yeah. One 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 game below 500 against UConn. Not in many. the Albie O'Connell tenure. And yeah. the Joe Pereira associate head coach tenure. Not many teams can claim that over BU ever. All time. You know, think about that one. Although, definitely all time, BU's kind of mopped the floor with UConn. Oh, well, yes, of course. That's an interesting possibility. I we can be, dream. I'm intrigued. I don't think it's likely. No. Um, You got me thinking about that associate head coach thing, though. Any, any chance Sacco would want to do that? No. Because, obviously, he and Pandolfo spent time together with the Bruins. Yeah. But I, it's, that's a downgrade for him. So do you remember? It's not a lateral move. That's that's down. Yeah. Yeah. What do I remember? Um, our source in Albany last year, 
Good guy. When he was like, you know, I don't know what the exact conversation was, but it was, you know, look at the Bruins staff. And I, I think he said Sacco, but it ended up being Pandolfo. It was the wrong wrong BU guy on the Bruins staff. Yeah. Got him confused. I could get But I just confused. wonder if there was anything to that Sacco thing. Maybe but it's, he was it's, eyeing it's it? Just, it's just in a bad spot, though, where the Bruins are primed for a playoff run and you need a coach by April 20th. And it, and you need to announce someone, too. You can't just have the the shake the handshake. Yeah, yeah, you're the guy. Internally, we know you're the guy, but we can't announce it until you're done, you know? Yeah, not to mention Sacco has never coached at the college level, has he? Not that I know of. No, I don't think so. So that's kind of a big question mark. Um, I mean, you could play this game all day. Will, like, who makes sense? Who fits in? You know, with how specific a role it is, it's really a short list of names that make sense. Somehow, Joe, Sacco Joe Pereira was on the captain, though. <laughs> Sacco was not? No. Oh. Yeah, so he see, played, even, even guys that make years. sense. It's hard. Although I do think he finished his degree. Maybe that was who we were talking about. Sacco finished his degree, not Pandolfo. Oh. That would make more sense. It's hard to fit into the criteria BU's got here. So when when you see a guy that has it, put a star next to his name. So Sacco, NHL head coach, a lot of assistant gigs, and was also a head and assistant coach at the... Oh, USA World Championships. I initially, my brain read that as World Juniors. I was like, all right, so he knows the age group yeah. at least three times. Yeah. But it was the World Championships. Doesn't really make sense. No, it doesn't. Yep. Where did you find the graduation years at the directory? No, I just Googled it, and then I put a, because you know how BU Today, we always have to put in the year. I would Google a name and then do the quotes BU Today, like so that the Google search actually has to like include it. What are the so odds BU Today there. included Joe Sacco? Yeah, probably. I think uh, likely at one point. Uh, maybe not. It doesn't have, as of 2019, it doesn't have a date next to his name. No, I don't think he graduated. So I don't think he has a degree. There you go. Sometimes you learn. Wait a minute. Joseph Sacco, CIS 91. This was an article from 2013. I mean, maybe he finished it in three years. Although, no. So he played at BU 87, 88, 88, 89, 90, and was done. So, yeah, maybe he ended up finishing it after the fact. Huh. If it says 91, that would have been his rookie season with the Maple Leafs. Oh, there you go. All right. Yeah. Well. Anyways, I, so so with short list for at least for us seems to be Pandolfo and Joe Pereira. <laughs> yeah. I had a funny, like, fun question because you said earlier, um, like, oh, we got to expand the search outside BU. So if yeah. you could poach one coach from Hockey East, who would it be? From Hockey East? Yes, from Greg, Hockey East. Greg Carvel. Oh. Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, what kind of question is that? Yeah. Well, I was going to say, like, oh, from a smaller program, like some guy that, you know, would look at BU as an upgrade. I don't know if Greg Carvel's looking at BU as an upgrade, as no, things stand. No, Mike Cavanaugh, then. I was leaning Mike Cavanaugh. Nate Lehman. After this year, I don't quite know. But Norm Bazin. Norm was a talk good about name. a bad quote though. <laughs> yeah, um, well, we're graduating. It doesn't matter. Um, I thought Todd Woodcroft would be interesting with some talent. No, but they're trying he's to a, get the show cooking. He's in, a happy guy. Well, you don't have to. Don't need to care about Vermont. We only care about what's going on here. Sorry, Catamount. So this is just completely like in a vacuum. Like just pull a guy. Just, just pl- you have him. no choices. Yes, you, you just pluck him into BU. Yeah, that's Woodcroft. how it works. Right? It just like I, I wonder what he could do with talent. It seems like he's got everything else going on for him. Seems like a guy that you would want to play for. 
after two years here. That's that's what I've gathered from him. Would you bring Jerry York to BU for a couple of years? No. Get it back on the tracks? No? No, I mean, you, you see where BC's at right now. <laughs> that's true. And they got kind of screwed by some of the departures. If, We've been there. What about nationally? If you know enough. Mel Pearson may be available. <laughs> no. <laughs> we'll come back to that. We got to. No. I saw some people talking about the, the former union coach. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Although I guess he was kind of in the running at the end of it. Who's the AIC guy? Albie. I have no idea. Lang. Like Bob Bosco. Lang. Well, okay. I mean, yeah. Yeah. We're talking about big name well, guy yeah. here. Like. No, I'm thinking like a guy, like someone that would view BU as an upgrade and a you know good progress. Yeah, Eric Lang. At uh, at AIC, obviously they've been dominant. It might be a rude awakening again somewhere else, but in Atlantic hockey, like it, yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's tough. I wish I had more of a pulse in the national scene than I do. Maybe you will someday. Maybe you will. We're gonna have a pulse in the national scene this week. We are. Hey, this is a good time to train uh, transition to some of that yes, national to close topics. the show on a high note. A higher, um, yeah. I mean, it's. Yeah, anyways, uh, so first game Friday, we got 5 o'clock, um, Denver and Michigan. I believe that's the 5 o'clock game Yep. on Thursday, not Friday. 5 o'clock Thursday. Um, and then 8.30, sheesh, we got Minnesota and Minnesota State. God, do I hope they travel. Those are going to be great games. No, they're going to, they're traveling. Oh, hockey, they're traveling. I've seen tweets popping up about, like, go Gophers chance in the airports <laughs> and wow. MSU colors in the airports. Like I hope that's right. I, I hope keep saying MSU to refer to Michigan State or Minnesota State, even though MSU is Michigan State. Yeah. The point stands. We're referring to Minnesota State. Um, I hope the atmosphere is up to the standard that these games will be. I think, I think be. they will both be incredible games. Obviously, the national championship will be a great game. Yeah. I hope the crowds are not just the let's go to the Frozen Four for fun because it's in Boston and I don't know, like uh I think you're going to get a The family from amount. the Cape wants to see some hockey. Like, no, I hope it is the Minnesotans. Minnesota's going to travel exceptionally. The Michiganians. Well. I mean, Michigan has alumni everywhere. The Coloradoans. Coloradans? Uh, I wonder what they are. Denvonians. Ooh. <laughs> um, the Denverites. Yeah, the Denverites. <laughs> um, I hope they come. I think they will. I hope a lot of them come. I think they will. I think it's a lot like. The um like March Madness where shout out our guy Gus Balo, um, yes congratulations Kansas I don't know I don't think Kansas sent student radio until the final four yeah um so I think a lot of schools might treat it like that that'd be nice um like they're Make a couple o- new obvi- friends but obviously the schools get an allotment of tickets they must I don't know they must maybe it it'd be kind of pathetic if they didn't I guess or if they couldn't fill it I wonder how that works. I think it'll be. I think it'll be fine. I'm confident. Boston's an easy enough place to get flights to, too. Yeah, it's not like, like, oh my god, how am I going to get a flight to Loveland, Colorado? Like, I got to fly into Denver and drive an hour wherever Loveland is. I yep. have no idea. Um, Boston's easy enough to get to, at least I think. Sure. Um. Yeah. Easy for us to say. Yeah. But yes, I think so too. Um. I'm looking forward to the whole thing because it's not just like Thursday's obviously kind of the pinnacle of it all because there's two games and two games that could easily be a national championship with the matchup. Um, but you also got Friday, Friday at Encore, right? Going to Encore, Josh. Shout out, Josh. We're going to Encore. Uh, is he coming? 
Josh is going on encore. Okay, good. So so that is so, an accurate quote. Yes, um, for once it's actually accurate. And then, Josh, uh, let's go to encore. Saturday, you got the full day. Hockey on campus happening at West End Johnny's Saturday morning. Be there. Just a little plug for my guy, Bernie Corbett. Texted Bernie earlier. Actually, I tried to call him. I was Bernie kind of derailed your golf round this week. <laughs> he did. It went downhill from there. Um, but that's okay. It was fun. And uh, I texted Bernie this afternoon because I wanted to learn a little bit. Like I wanted to get his sense of um, are there any t- like candidates for the job we're missing? Like, Is there anyone we should be keeping an eye on or thinking about? He didn't get back to me, so that was a shame. But I thought he would know. But anyways, so... The, come the, see Bernie at West End Johnny's and then go over to the Garden for the National Championship at 8 p.m. on Sunday. Saturday. 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 The schedule of events this week. Strong. Den- Denver practices 11 at noon tomorrow. Michigan practices 12.15 to 1.15 tomorrow. Private info, was it? Um, I mean, the practices aren't open to the public, so I mean, practice times aren't going to... Like, tomorrow's just a full day of practice. True. Talking practice. practice? Talking about practice. See the ice Friday, yet? Uh, I have not seen the ice. Holy moly. I'm just going to wait to be surprised. Gorgeous. Um... Friday or Thursday, 5 p.m., Denver versus Michigan, 8.30, Minnesota versus Minnesota State. Um, Friday, we got the Hobie Baker ceremony, 4.45 to 6.30 at Encore. I don't know if that's open to the public, uh, but that's when the Hobie Baker ceremony and Richter um, Award, and I believe all Americans are announced then too. Um, that's when all that's happening. Um, and Saturday, National Championship, 8 p.m., obviously winners of the semifinals are playing. Pretty cool. We got MLB opening day on Thursday. First round of the Masters on Thursday. It's gonna be great. Great weekend of sports. Great week. It's like it's. I don't know if he's out, but James Garrison tweeted today of just the whole list of like all week long. A lot of great sports ball coming. I liked but, it. I didn't read the whole thing. Yes. Wow. Well, got to do that. Thursday it's be Masters awesome. opening round. Frozen Four semis. MLB opening day. Celtics Bucks. Friday Masters. More baseball. Bruins Lightning. Saturday, Masters, more baseball, Frozen Four Championship. Sunday, Bruins Capitals, Celtics Grizzlies, more baseball, final round of the Masters. Strong. What a week. Well, to close this out, unless you had something, um, I wanted to ask what your ranking of the teams would be. If the final, or the Frozen Four. Of who I want who to see would you who want I think from, is going to From win. who you want. Who are you rooting for one to four? Rooting four. So Minnesota State, just because I picked them to win my bracket. Oh. Followed by, and plus, like, obviously they're a fun team. They're a wagon. Followed closely by, I mean, I haven't seen Denver, but I've always just kind of, like, I don't know, liked them because they felt like they were in the national tournament every year. But apparently they only won once in the last decade. Um, That's just my brain failing me. Um, Although they, they were definitely in it multiple times and probably just lost to Duluth. Um, but Minnesota, I think, is a very likable team, so I probably go Minnesota second. So I can't really lose in that for, in that second semifinal. Then I really like Denver. I mean, Michigan. It's like the Yankees. It really is. Yeah. Just load it like, hey, we know we're the best. Like mm. you know, and it's gonna be really cool to see Michigan and all those NHL prospects. But do I want them to win? I don't know. Yeah. Obviously, it'd be better for maybe better for ratings and better for, you know, local and national coverage of it because then you can talk about the prospects and that's your yeah. story. Yeah. But as far as I'm concerned, I probably go Minnesota State, Minnesota, Denver, Michigan. I am exactly the same. 
I have Minnesota State way up above everybody by a landslide. They've never won the national tournament. Yeah. They won it. They won a D2 title in 1980. They've never won any kind of NCAA tournament yeah, ever so That's since. part of it, too, because I guess um, ever. I guess Mankato's southern Minnesota. Um, and so... And Bro, Bob, the game. And Bob Motzko's a southern Minnesota guy, too. Yeah. Um, so is Pat Fershweiler, Western Michigan head coach. Um, Fershweiler. Um, but... You know, like Southern Minnesota, um, I forget what his name was, but one of the national guys in Worcester was, you know, talking about, you know, Southern Minnesota has always been basketball. Northern Minnesota has been hockey. Yeah. Um, So obviously college hockey is very much trying to put roots down in Southern Minnesota, which is Mankato. So Minnesota State would probably be huge. I would Um, love that. I mean, or Minnesota. And just for a team that's all like really entering that St. Cloud State territory. Yeah. Yeah. of a team that's always a high seed and just never really gets it done. So it'd be yeah. kind of cool to see him, like, you know, overcome those demons. Yeah, it's been almost 20 years for Minnesota. They won it in uh, 02 and 03. So, uh, you know, between that and also just the uh, the storylines there with the goalie and all that, like, it's kind of fun. I like it. So I hope that they... Yeah, that's, that's also do part it. of it. And, like, you know, even then, they have the prospects, too. You know, Matthew Nyes, Ben Myers is going to be very sought after as a free agent. Uh, Brock Faber. Yeah. Very young, very promising defense prospect. A couple others. I still a thousand percent believe that the winner of that game, Minnesota State versus Minnesota, will win the whole thing. I agree. Uh, Denver, like, seems like a fun team. I don't really have any connection to them. Don't really care. Yeah, but Denver's also that team. Like, you just they're completely isolated from the rest of college hockey. Like, (laughs) they were the they were ASU before. It was cool. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I guess they're just on an island out in Colorado. Like, closest team to them was what North Dakota. Um, wow, or Omaha, and so like I'd like to, I'd like the chance to see them twice. Interesting. Learn learn a little bit more about because yeah. now I feel like I have a decent grasp on what Minnesota is all about. I guess you could say the same about Michigan. Like, oh, it'd be fun to see them twice. All the stars, of course. But yeah, but you know I what they're care. about. It is the Yankees. They, they, thing. they got That's enough. Great... They, they had enough da- games on Big Ten Network this yeah. year where you could see them. Like... Something between that and the whole Pearson kind of iffy situation. Look it up on your own time. Uh, the less we see of Michigan, maybe the better. Kind of the villain there. The Yankees. If there were a villain, really is the it would be Michigan. Uh, but it's going to be the great. Dodgers Games either. are going to be awesome. Um, very much looking forward to it. Your ASU point reminded me that both of the Jackson brothers from Northeastern just committed there. They followed TJ Semptonfelter. That's insane. It's Northeastern West. Northeastern Southwest. Yeah, but the Jacksons weren't really that good this year. Sorry, Miss Jackson. Although your sons aren't good. Although one <laughs> one of them was hurt for most of the year. I think the other one was hurt a lot too and then was healthy at the end, but you know, entering the transfer portal, so we're not gonna play you. Like You think so? That's exactly what happened. <laughs> okay. Um very interesting move there for TJ and the Jacksons. That's a good Mostly opp- that, TJ. That's a great get for ASU for Semptonfelter. Yeah. Because they're a decent team, you just never know who their goalie is. Now you got a kid yeah. who at least has shown he can do it in eight games. Levi um, returning, not very surprising though. Um, well, yeah, they were almost screwed there for a second. <laughs> would have been hilarious. It would have been hilarious. Would have been hysterical. But I don't. I think Levi staying was always kind of expected. Yeah. Um, Especially where in reality he only has one year of college hockey. He was hurt last year. I get it. So for why do we list him, list him as a sophomore? Or still a <laughs> freshman, not a redshirt freshman. It's weird. You know, rookie of the year who yeah. did not play due to injury. I don't get the Arizona State thing for those guys. For the Jacksons or TJ or all of it? All of it. Why not? Why would you want to go Why not? There? It's fun. It's one, oh, it's fun? It's fun having to 
travel thousands of miles to play anyone. New rink. And people are going to be coming to you. Your only hope of winning anything is miraculously finishing in a position to be in the national tournament and miraculously winning the whole thing. They don't compete for any other trophies unless they participate in like the Ledger Classic. Like, what's the purpose? There's no league. There's no one near you. There's no rivalries. If you're there for the warm weather and the arena, I guess I get it. And the cool jerseys. They got great marketing. But I'm just a little... I mean, it's exciting. Like, I hope... I don't understand, I hope the, they really, I don't understand the Arizona hate here. I really don't. <laughs> I just... I, it's like, what are you doing? At some point, you need to join a league or... I mean, they're being pioneers ASU a little bit. H-E. Not to be confused with Denver, but they are pioneering college hockey in the Southwest, and that is cool. But it's like... They play a good schedule, too. They play a great schedule because they need to beat good teams to have any shot at the national tournament. And it just does not happen. But I'd like to see it continue to grow, and clearly they're still picking up good players. TJ's I mean, so you can go cooler. have fun and still not, like... Like, it can be, it can still be fun for you. Here's the fun thought. BU goes to Arizona State next season. They are, To yes. the lovely new rink. BU is going to be playing DJ Semptonfelter. TJ Semptonfelter. That's what I just said. What did I say? DJ. DJ Semptonfelter, clearly his brother. Uh, so that's going to be interesting. <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> that, that Dustin Johnson's a... Halloween costume this year. Nice. <laughs> That'd be lame. Um, That'd be actually really sick <laughs> if he somehow knew who TJ Semptonfelter was. Uh, I guess that's true. Um Anyways, that's all I got today. That's all I got. I'm I'm still just flabbergasted by the ASU slander. No, I, I didn't really mean to slander ASU either. It's just it's like fun. I don't quite get it. Like Northeastern it, to ASU feels like a drop off. Well, of, of course, epic proportions for a. I don't know much about the Jacksons, but for TJ, like I thought it was going to be a, you know, a move where he could be a legit starter for a legit program, and maybe Arizona State is better than I give him credit for. We did just sweep them, so maybe that's kind of why I feel like they're kind of meh. They'll probably sweep us when we go out there. Who knows? Yeah, maybe, if the transfer portal really livelies up. One last sad fact that I just noticed. You ready for this? You ready? Web browser, mm-hmm. Google, Albie O'Connell. Albie O'Connell, head coach, staff director at GhostTerriers.com. Gone. Blank Web error page four zero four. I mean, yeah. Why would you have a staff it, staff directory? It looks like you're lost. The page you're looking for no longer exists. I mean, why would it be there? <sighs> it'll, it'll end up in the archives when they update it eventually. I know. It's just end of an era. It's kind of sad. We got our trophy. It's all we got our trophy. He got his trophy. Really, but at the end of the day, kind of all that matters. At least, like selfishly. It's just it's weird. We've only known BU hockey with Albie. We will only ever know being BU students of BU hockey with Albie, and no one else will. Every other class at BU will experience a different head coach, but we didn't. How weird is that? One more time. <laughs> Every other BU class, yeah, except our class, the class of 2022, will experience a coach other than Albie. What do you mean? The class of 21 was there for the last year of Quinn. They were sophomores when Albie got here. Okay, but there was the there was an entire no, no, class no. that only had Quinn. There were many classes yes. that only had Parker. 
Right. So I'm not really following. Well, yeah, we're the only class that ever only had Albie. Think about I that. guess that's unique. Yeah. 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 So we got that. <laughs> I mean, it's 10-19 on a Tuesday night. It's we, gonna, we walked 18 holes at 8 a.m. this morning. It was like, a great time. It's going to be an interesting few weeks here. Frozen for next episode, and I guess we're going to have to do episode 32 now to talk about the two coach. Yep. Um, so there you go, folks. You're stuck with us for a couple more weeks. Just about at the hour mark here, so get us out of here. Well, you know, you already know the schedule. It's a great hockey, the great sports weekend coming up. Sure. But I'll be on Twitter, at Paton12. Brady will be on Twitter, at Brady D. Gardner. WTB Sports is at WTBU Sports. Sites.pu.edu slash WTBU slash sports. WTBRadio.org, all the same. Um, follow along with our Frozen 4 coverage. And we'll see you next week, maybe with a new coach to go over. Whoa. I mean, it wouldn't su- surprise me at all if it comes out, you know, day of national championship. You'll just have to wait to listen to find out. Yes, you will. Or follow us in all those other places because chances are we'll end up having to wait five Ch- days yeah, to Chances talk are it'll again. be old news by then. <laughs> Anyways. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening. See you next time.